Welcome to the V Podcast, where we interview inspiring people from the vegan community. Together, we're going to talk about health, ethics, sustainability, fitness, and the list goes on. Here's your host, Andrea Ronica. Hello and welcome back to the V Podcast. How are you doing during this hot summer? Here in Italy, we have like 30 degrees Celsius, which is like 85 degrees Fahrenheit. And well, it's already too much for me, but it's all right. I mean, with a few nice creams, we will survive to this summer, or at least I hope so. And if you won't hear from me again, well, you know what happened. <laughs> anyway, the last episode was recorded a while ago, but we are back. Just a quick reminder about it, though. We had a chance to talk with Christopher Eubanks about animal and collective liberation. I'm sure sometimes you might feel like overwhelmed by all the negative things in the world, and that's why I highly suggest to listen to that particular episode, since Christopher shared with us some useful tips on how to deal with it and how to be the best activist you can be. Today's episode is all about podcasts, and not just any kind of podcast, but a vegan one. Well, yes, you heard that right. There are also vegan podcasts out there. Well, just like this one after all. But the one I'm going to talk about today is definitely one of the biggest one. And I feel like it would be like a great experience to get to know one of the hosts behind it. So without further ado, let's welcome Andy from the Bearded Vegans podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you, man, for being here. It's like an absolute pleasure to have you here. And um, for those who have never heard about the Beard of Vegans, which is high unlikely, uh, they talk about all things vegan, literally all topics, like from animal farm centuries to animal liberation and so on. And if that is not enough, they are also the winner of the Veg News Veg Award for Favorite Vegan Podcast. So. Congratulations about the prize, the word. That's oh, awesome. Yeah, thank you. It was, it was a surprise to win, but we are very happy about it nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's definitely a big milestone. I mean, were you excited about this? Yeah, I mean, honestly, we, I just didn't, I was more surprised than anything. We were very happy about it, but we were in with so many huge podcasters and people that I know have significantly larger followings than us but for for whatever reason you know the people voted in our favor and um it was it was just very exciting for that to happen that that's fantastic because you have created a community and probably that's the reason why people like really love what you do and to be honest like my favorite series you ever recorded is the one about animal centuries is by far my favorite to to be honest so that's that's awesome so if you ever never listened to that one just check it out <laughs> yeah that that was a really fun one for us to do and it was sort of a long time coming as well because you know we we often say on the show we're not really experts about about many things and and that was a chance for us to talk to people that were experts and not even just do a standard interview like actually ask people some really hard ethical questions that they have to deal with when running sanctuaries so uh, we got a lot of really good feedback on that one yeah, absolutely. I really love that one regarding the ethical questions. And uh, I have to be honest here, I took inspiration for that. And I did, uh, you know, a few interviews with a few animal centuries. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've learned so many stuff. Like I didn't know a lot of things regarding, you know, centuries and stuff and what's behind, you know, those kind of organizations. And it was really interesting. How yeah. was, I mean, how was the interview for you? 
I mean, I loved it. You know, we got to talk to some people that we knew very well and a couple people that, uh, you know, whose work we had been observing and thought was really interesting. And so to get a chance to to connect with some people that are doing some really fantastic work and then, you know, obviously deliver their work and their message to our audience. So it was it was really fun. You know, we don't do too many interviews on the podcast because I feel like Paul and I work best just talking to each other. We have our own rapport. So when we sure. do bring in interviews, we want to make sure that it is something that's that's really interesting, that's talking about something that w- the two of us can't talk about ourselves. So um, it was just, you know, those interviews were ones that as we were doing them, I was just like, oh, I can't wait for people to hear these because these are just such interesting, nuanced, in-depth answers to these these questions about, you know, the care of animals and funding your sanctuary and all the ethical dilemmas that come up. So it was it was a really exciting interview uh, that we did. Yeah, as a listener, as I can tell it was really interesting and it really opened my eyes about, as I said, many topics, many different stuff about centuries. But let's get into this interview, though. And please tell us how, you know, the Bearded Vegan podcast started, how the whole project started. Sure. So it was actually Paul that brought it up to me. And his brother runs a podcasting network called The Commentist. And they had a couple shows on their network. And his brother was essentially just saying, hey, we need to get some more shows on this network. Paul, do you have any ideas? And he thought, well, I'm, I'm vegan. I like talking about vegan stuff. So maybe a vegan podcast. And he he approached me. I'm, I have been in some ways kind of his vegan mentor, his go-to person to ask questions about veganism. And we had been f- friends and acquaintances, but we weren't super close, but we were, you know, friends. And so he he brought the idea to me and I had been wanting to do a podcast. I had been really into listening to podcasts and I want to do one, but also the thought of doing one just by myself didn't seem appealing. And so hats off to you for hosting (laughs) solo, but he brought it to me and I said, I said, let's, let's do it a hundred percent. Like let's go. And uh, you know, I'm the type of person that I can't, I'm incapable of doing something unless I'm trying to go at it 110%. So I don't know if Paul was necessarily prepared for that, but uh, he was like, do you want to do this? And I was like, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Let's do this. Let's hit the ground running and then let's go. And, uh, you know, at first we we knew we wanted to talk about vegan stuff in some way. And, it, you know, it takes a while, I think, for any show, podcast, TV show, whatever, to sort of figure out exactly what they're doing. So, you know, we started out talking about issues in the community and film reviews. And we were doing interviews and every episode at that point. Um, but we knew that we didn't necessarily want to have a podcast that was about how to go vegan. There's a lot of really great podcasts that do that already. And so we were interested in having the kind of conversations that the two of us would just have about vegan stuff that is a little more, you know, uh, you've gone vegan. Now what, like, what are the actual implications of trying to live a vegan life? So that's what we started doing. And that's what we kind of fell into and, and realized that's what, where we thrive the most is trying to figure out how we feel about certain tough ethical issues. So, um, so that's, that's how it started and that's how it kind of became what it is now. Sure. Absolutely. You're just showing your perspective on things and then people can relate or not relate, but definitely it's a great way to start a discussion and to talk about it. So talking about things is definitely a great way to raise awareness about certain topics. So that's, that's absolutely fantastic. So how long have you been vegan guys? 
So I will be 14 years vegan in August of this year. And Paul is, I forget exactly. I think he's maybe two years, like I think he's around 12, something like that, about two years behind me. So somewhere in that ballpark. Both of you are long time vegan, definitely. Because yeah, once you go vegan, you never go back, of course. Yeah, we've been at it for a while. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> no, you will. You will. I'm sure of that. Like. And um, was it like hard at the beginning or you started off on the right foot? Like when you started the podcast, I mean. So I think that there's different aspects of doing a podcast that are hard and easy. And thankfully a lot of the technical stuff we already had some know-how with Paul and I both have spent lots of time playing in bands and, and being recorded and having some familiarity with recording equipment. The fact that Paul and his brother had already been doing some other podcasts, they had some microphones, they knew how to distribute and, and get the recording out onto iTunes and all that. So that part, which I think might be a bit more of a hurdle for some people, was not one for us. And I think that it wasn't really that hard to figure out what we were going to talk about. You know, when our first episode was about Cecil the lion, which if people aren't familiar, is about this lion that mm -hmm. was killed by this rich dentist hunter yeah. guy. And I heard it was something that a lot of vegans were talking about. And so we're like, oh, well, this is what the vegans are talking about. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about that. So sure. things just sort of came up naturally. And uh, and so that wasn't so hard. I, I honestly feel like some aspects of it are much harder now because now that people listen, there's more of an expectation. There's more feedback that the, the wider your audience gets, the further you get away from people that are like in lockstep with your particular view of veganism. So you sort of deal with a lot more critique and criticism and some entirely fair and some, I, I would argue some yeah. uh, like not so fair or less <laughs> nuanced or something yes. like that. So I think that like, that's honestly one of the biggest pressures of this and that gets harder. The, the larger your podcast gets, the bigger your audience gets. So, and, and also now just we've talked about so many different things that we're always like, well, we could talk about this thing, but we've talked about it eight different ways already. So how can we say anything new about this? So I think finding topics that are interesting, not just even to our audience, but just to us to make it interesting for ourselves. Um, so I think it's actually harder now than it was in the beginning. Because when you're small and nobody knows who you are, you can do whatever you want. And, and now there's a lot more of those expectations. Like myself, I'm a free spirit. <laughs> I'm I'm envious. <laughs> <laughs> I can do whatever the heck I want and no one can tell me anything like at the moment. Who knows later on? <laughs> I was thinking like it's really interesting. You were talking about your audience and stuff. Like what kind of relationship you have with your audience? Like is that a healthy one or is sometimes I don't know, like just tell us a bit more about that. That, I mean, honestly, navigating that is one of the most interesting aspects of probably not just podcasting, but just creating any type of content in general, but maybe even more so with podcasting, because if you're doing what we do, which is a weekly show where we're, you know, we're talking about a topic, but it's also very much about us and people get to know us and you sort of 
I do the same thing with podcasts I listen to. You you form this kind of parasocial one-sided relationship where people get to know you, but you might have no idea who they are. And so that always creates mm-hmm. kind of a bizarre dynamic and it has yielded some really amazing friendships. You know, some people have, you know, they, they respond to the episodes and we chat with them and we have created some really amazing friendships out of it. And there's also you know, people that I think, think are our friends and are not. And that's, yeah, I don't say that to be negative or positive. It just sort of is what it is, but it can create some really weird situations. Um, but I would say that, you know, the people that support us the most and, you know, some people, you know, do that by backing us on Patreon. Some people don't, but they're still very regularly commenting on the content we create. I feel like we do form some pretty close bonds with them and we do feel a very supportive, atmosphere from them and that is that's a really amazing thing to to have but i think people also create expectations and they sort of create a picture of who you are and how you should be responding to things in their mind that is not necessarily our responsibility but people kind of think it is our responsibility to live up to a specific type of image that's in their head And that is something that's always kind of tricky to navigate because we want to consider all perspectives, but we're also are our own individuals and we have our own limited, you know, vantage point on the world. So um, in general, I think we have a fantastic relationship with our with our core listenership. And I also know that the things that we say are, I don't want to say controversial, but some people you know, everyone looks at veganism, navigates it in their own specific way. And so a lot of people will listen to what we have to say, even though we strive to be very understanding and non-judgmental and inclusive um, and think that we're doing it totally wrong. And so we get that kind of feedback as well from people. So, uh, yeah, it's a mixed bag. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. It totally makes sense. And uh, as you said, uh, it's a little bit tricky when it comes to, you know, the relationship that you have with your audience, because like, people, as you said, expect something from you, they create, you know, some sort of, you know, they believe you are in a certain way, just because you show some, you know, some stuff about your yourself on social media, but it doesn't mean that probably you are you know, there's just, just that face of the metal. There are maybe many more. So yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying. And yeah, I definitely feel you. So um, we were talking about a podcast. So what does having a podcast mean to you? Like, you know, what's, what's the main reason for having a podcast for you? You know, I think when we first started doing the podcast, we didn't have any big grand scheme of what it was going to be and what purpose it was going to serve for others. We just sort of just started doing it and we're just having fun for our, our own sake. But at this point right now, the reason why I love having the podcast there's a couple. The first is that it it forces me and Paul to hang out every week. And through the course of recording this, you know, over the six years we've been doing it, he's become just one of my absolute best, closest friends. And so the fact that it's like we have to plan time to hang out and work on this this podcast together is although there is a lot of frustration and and you know difficulty in trying to keep a weekly show together. It is also a very joyful experience for me, at least. And 
I'll have days where I'm just having the worst day ever. And then seven o'clock hits and we have to record. And by the end of it, I'm in a fantastic mood because I've spent some really good time with the, with the best friend of mine. And so that is, that is something that's very meaningful to me. And then in addition to that, the feedback that we do get from listeners, we, one of the places that I think that we try to fill is that we are hopefully creating some sense of community for other people that are not in the middle of some vegan, you know, Mecca, or they don't have a ton of vegan friends, that it can be so isolating and so lonely if you are the only vegan that you know. And so we get emails from people all the time that say that we're basically their only two vegan friends. So to have, you know, to have something that people can turn to on a weekly basis and and feel some sense of community, I think is probably one of the other reasons why it feels like such an important thing for us to to keep doing. And one of the reasons that doing this is meaningful to me. Um, and the third is that this, uh, this podcast just helps me figure out how I feel about things. Um, you know, we often will enter into a discussion about a topic where I'm not entirely sure where I stand on it. And by doing the, the podcast, talking through it with Paul, I start to figure out some reason, try to figure out like why I feel a way that I do about something or figure out how I feel about something I had no idea about. So um, I think it deepens my understanding of of living an ethical life, living a vegan life as well. So I think those are probably like the the biggest three reasons why, you know, I love doing the podcast and and what it means to me. That's absolutely beautiful. Like uh, the email you mentioned from your listener, like that's 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 fantastic as well. Like those are the things that actually give you like strength and like give you a reason also to continue because you actually feel like that you're doing something good. And then you actually, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, you know, cause doing a podcast, I know you ex probably experienced this as well. You record it, you put it out into the world. You will get a few people that comment on it, maybe send you an email, but for the most part, most people that listen are not giving you direct feedback on that. So to actually get that from somebody is so meaningful. And I think that like as a vegan movement, we place a lot of emphasis on getting people to go vegan, but a lot of people stop being vegan that take that initial plunge. And I think that there's not enough effort put onto retaining vegans. And a big reason, at least from, from like polls and surveys we've seen that people stop being vegan is because of the social factors. It's not because of, time or money or bad food or anything like that. It's because they feel like a weird outcast. So I think that like podcasts like ours help to um, fill that gap and, and, and let people feel supported. So um, to get emails that actually confirm that is a very meaningful thing, in my opinion. Yeah, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. And what you're doing is definitely incredible. We are all playing our role in this. We are all trying to, you know, helping each other, helping each other. So that's, that's fantastic, Andy. And uh, can, so can we consider this like a form of activism? So I think so. It, you know, if somebody that was out there that was like getting arrested and doing direct action feels insulted by us calling this podcast activism, I have no problem being like, fine, it's not activism. But I think that our definition of activism is often too narrow. And I think that like you just said, okay. we all have a part to play. And so sure. I think that 
I view this podcast as some form of activism. I view it as a, a piece of this movement. I don't think everybody needs to start a podcast and do that as their form of activism, yeah, but ways. we all have different skills. We all have different abilities and it's important for all of us to find the things that we find enjoyable to do. Not that activism has to be enjoyable, but when we're talking about building a long-term movement that's able to, to go not just hard, but also a really long time. I think that um, podcasts are definitely a part of that. It's a part of, cr again, creating that community. So I do view it as activism in some sense, but I also don't necessarily wear it as like a badge of activism. You know, to me, it's something that I do that I find enjoyable to do more so than anything else. Yeah, because after all, of course, you're vegan. We know that, but you're not just sitting on the couch all day long, just complaining about the fact that animal gets chopped into pieces. You're actually doing something to help other vegans in this case. So it's definitely a form of activism. And I definitely agree with you. Then if we don't want to, you know, label things and stuff, I totally understand that one as well. But to me, it's definitely a form of activism and even, and, let me tell you a great one because you're definitely inspiring a lot of people. I saw loads of com like the comments on iTunes and like on um, on your like on your posts on Instagram, and I've seen that people actually really appreciate it. And I do appreciate it as well as I told you like uh, many episodes you have recorded, and the one in particular is the Animal Centuries series. So again. Have a listen to that one as well, because it's my favorite. But also all the others one are great. The one also about the the rabbit. Um, I don't remember uh, Ralph Ralph the rabbit. It's called like the um, the documentary. That one was really interesting. I didn't know about it to be honest, and learning about this from you was was great. I share it on my Instagram as well to 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 raise awareness. So you know it's like a domino effect. You're starting something. And some other people will continue and spread the word. So that's I beautiful. I love that. Yeah, we we love talking about media reviews and media analysis, and um, and 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 I think that like that that Ralph, the sure. Save Ralph uh, film, is something that I know that when I you know see a film, I'm like I want to go talk with my friends about it. Sure. And and this is that's what Paul and I love to do. Now we pick apart a film, talk about what we like, what we don't like, and and hopefully that helps other people as well to um, be critical of the things that we sure. that we take in. Have you talked about the Kit Kat, the one, the new one, the vegan one? I don't know if I made so, you know. So we 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 did, but our angle on it was kind of that having done the podcast for as long as we have, we're coming up on six years. Sure. We've talked about some form of here's a giant non-vegan corporation all of a sudden catering to vegans in some form or another. And how do we feel about that? We've also talked about sort of the ethics of Nestle in the past. Uh, they do a lot of horrendous things with, you know, hoarding and privatizing water, but yeah, also their, yeah, yeah. the sourcing of their chocolate is from child slave labor and so we, we've talked about those things so many times that when the vegan Kit Kat came up, our episode was less, let's talk about those specific issues and more us kind of reflecting on how depressing it was to see the same things come up again and again and again and, and being sort of frustrated by like the slow process of change and 
And I guess also sort of the frustration of seeing lots of vegans reveling in something that like I'm I'm glad any anytime plant based food becomes more accessible. I, I'm never mad about that whatsoever. But also Nestle is Nestle is like a it, like, you know, cartoonishly evil corporation Mm-mm-mm. that it's it's always weird for me to see lots of vegans acting as like a promotional arm for these big corporations. I'm like, let them put their thing out. People are going to buy it or they're not going to buy it, but we don't necessarily need to endorse it. So when we talked about the Kit Kat, it was kind of more of a frustration of the seemingly seeming like stalemate that, that our Mm -hmm. movements in where we're not like progressing, um, which is, you know, it's kind of self self important of us to be like, we've been talking about this for years and no one's changed, you know? Um, But that was sort of just how we were feeling at the moment when it popped up. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. You're sharing your feeling. And you were talking about frustration. So, you know, this frustration, does it ever lead to, you know, thinking about quitting or something? Like, have you ever thought about like, you know, quitting because it's too much, too much to take and you don't feel like continuing the podcast? Does it ever happen to you? I, I you know, I, th- there's definitely been many times where I thought Paul was about to quit because, uh, you Paul? know, he, okay. he, Paul has, Paul has gone over the course of this podcast. He's completed grad school. He's moved like okay. his, his <laughs> life is so busy. And you know that from when we were trying to schedule this interview. Um, and then, so, 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 so I'm talking like, bad about Paul. Is that, <laughs> okay. Just never. because he's not here, we're talking bad about Paul. <laughs> You should feel bad, Andy. (laughs) I'm I'm just reflecting the reality. And so there's been times I was like, ooh, Paul can't possibly fit this into a schedule anymore. Um, And somehow we make it work. And then there's been moments in my life where I felt like that because I run my own business, um, Compassion Company. It's a vegan clothing line. And so that is something that takes up a lot of time. And I know that that business suffers as a result of me doing this podcast because doing the podcast is a lot of work, you know, coming up with topics, researching topics, um, recording it. Paul usually does all the editing now and all of that. So there's definitely been times where I'm like, because we don't really, you know, this is not something that pays our bills really. So it's, it's something that is, we do it because of all the reasons I already listed all those sort of non-financial rewards. And so there's definitely been times when I've thought like, is this trade-off worth it just because during this pandemic, especially my business, which is largely based at going to VegFest, which stopped happening, um, my income decreased drastically. And I was spending a lot of time working on the podcast when I should have been trying to figure out how to make money else otherwise to survive. And so so that those thoughts of quitting for those time constraints have come up for me and I believe they've come up for Paul as well. But I think that quitting in terms of feeling like there's nothing left to talk about or there it's too depressing to talk about these things. Not for me, that's never really been something that comes up. Um, I feel like by talking about those things, it, it helps me. But I mean, I am on the podcast. I'm generally a pessimistic one. Paul is the optimistic one. <laughs> I know. So, we, so Paul always balances me out. He always pulls me back from the edge in that regard. So, okay. Uh, so I, yeah. So, so you, I, so I don't think that I want to quit for. 
I don't want to quit. There's just times when it's like, oh, do we have physically, do we have the time in our day to make this happen? Um, and, and I think that's kind of the only time where that really comes into my head. I understand. I understand. So maybe you would agree with Arthur Schopenhauer said like life swings like a pendulum backwards and forward between pain and boredom. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, but <laughs> I felt like this in just right now, but I'm kidding. So feel free to, to share with us also, um, you know, a bit about your company if you want to, that would be, that would be great. You know, like people can definitely check it out. If you, if you want to share with us, that would be interesting as well. So, sure. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it's called Compassion Company and I've been running it. It'll be 10 years this October and it's uh, it's all vegan message wear. So it's T-shirts, tank top, hoodies, button stickers, things like that with with vegan messaging on it. And I started it because I couldn't find vegan message wear that was sort of my specific brand of humor and snarky but not necessarily too aggressive but not too cartoony yeah. or too soft so so you know i couldn't find it so i decided to make it you know through all my time touring in bands i knew a lot of people that were artists and screen printers and i sort of already had that in infrastructure so i decided i would do it myself and i also felt like if i'm going to make something that's sort of putting the word vegan on it i want to make sure that the ethics were in line as well so I only use materials that are, you know, either from recycled materials or from organic materials and everything is sweatshop free and it's USA made because obviously we care about the workers as well um, and low impact dyes and water-based inks and, you know, it, making any physical anything sure. is never going to be great for the planet, but I'm trying to do it in a way that is less harmful than the average t-shirt that goes out there. So um, you know, I've put out a lot of fun, fun designs that I think hopefully will help people start conversations when they're wearing those shirts. So compassionco.com is the website and it's Compassion Co on Instagram and Facebook as well. And uh, normally pre-pandemic, I was actually living in my van. I was traveling the country, going to a different veg fest every weekend of the year. And that's slowly starting to come back into my life now, but I'm all over the place. Oh yeah, no, I understand. Like the pandemic was a hard hit for, for you know, companies, brands. So it was definitely hard hit. So definitely, if you, I'm definitely first. First of all, I'm definitely going to check it out myself, and because I I didn't know about it, I have to be honest. But I definitely, I would definitely check it out uh, at the end of this interview. So just to let you know, and I highly suggest to everyone else listening to to have a look. So, and um, you know, leaving all the negative vibes away that we talk enough about, like, you know, the pendulum backwards and forward between pain and boredom. We talk about, you know, quitting and stuff, but that's enough. So what's the peak of your career as a podcaster? Well, hopefully we haven't hit that yet, but, uh, okay, you know, but so far, <laughs> I'd say there, there's a so couple far. of things that, that come to mind. I would say interview wise, probably one of the coolest moments we had is we did a live podcast at the Toronto Veg Fest. And our guest oh. on that was Carol Adams, who's, you know, author of The Sexual Politics of Meat, among many, many others. And it was, you know, a sold out room, uh, just packed line to get in. Uh, sh surely for Carol, much more than for us. But uh, that was a really cool thing to, to have a you know, a, a huge audience that was there and that was very responsive to the podcast that was happening. 
And so that was just that was just like a really cool moment. You know, we're in another country. It's a sold out crowd. We have this dream guest of ours to get on. And uh, and Carol was just wonderful and fantastic as well. And then for for me personally, from like a creative aspect of it, um, or sometime last year, I put together this two part episode about uh, Thug Kitchen, which is a, a cookbook brand here that has had a lot of issues with with sort of their name and 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 racism. And go listen to the series so you get the whole explanation. But sure. um, that was the most work I've ever put into episodes. We actually interviewed several people. I did tons of research on it, and I just was very happy with how those came out. And I, it's the type of content I would like to put out more of if I had more time in my life because it was bordering on actual journalism, you know, which is not norm- normally we're just a very much an opinion show. Um, so, so for me, that was kind of like the peak of feeling very creatively rewarded from putting together an episode. Sure. But have you ever thought like, I don't know, uh, you know, leaving everything behind, getting a sponsor and focusing 100% on the podcast, does he ever like come to your mind or it's still an early stage or it's something that you want to keep it like, let's put it this way, a hobby or a way to help other vegans, but you don't want to turn it into real work. Like it is work in a way, but uh, you don't get paid off like for it. Like so. Yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest, I would absolutely love to podcast full time. Um, that would be a, a wonderful thing for me. I find it very rewarding and, and fulfilling for all the reasons I've, I've said thus far. And, you know, I, I honestly don't know if the way we talk about veganism is the type of thing that would ever bring in a big enough audience to make it a full time thing. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, we early on, we had a talk about if we wanted to try to get sponsors or have ads or anything like that. And I'm not really opposed to them necessarily. I don't like how ads break up the flow of a podcast, but I also told Paul, I was like, I have zero interest in being in charge of trying to bring in money. I hate asking people for money. Uh, And so, and that's just sort of something that we've stuck with. You know, we get, we do get emails from from brands asking how they can advertise and we say we don't do that so we fund the show entirely through our patreon now which is something we started just so we could afford to pay for transcripts so that we could make our podcast more accessible to the deaf and hard of hearing uh turns out it's very expensive at least for a podcast that was previously bringing in no money it's really expensive to uh, pay for transcripts so we started patreon to fund that and now it's gotten to a point where we use it we've used some of that money also to like upgrade our equipment and cover some bills of ours occasionally that, um, you know, need to be paid in order so we can keep doing a podcast. So, uh, I would love to just be entirely listener funded. Um, I think that would be like the, the true dream more so than getting any sponsors, but yeah, I would love to do this full time for sure. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely fantastic. I wish you to, to be able to do that as soon as possible so you can like, but still, still. And um, what's your favorite episode, if you have one, like, or your favorite interview probably was the one you told me before, but I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, um, favorite episode, definitely the, the, the Thug Kitchen okay. two-parter thing that I did is one of my favorites. Um, we actually put together a starter guide for people because now we have almost 300 episodes available. 
That's a lot. Um, and and that can be really intimidating for people to if you're new to the show to kind of break in yeah and so we put together a list of five of our favorite episodes oh, cool. and people can find that by going to thebeardedvegans.com slash start here that'll bring you All to right. a spotify playlist and so on that are there's an episode about why we think misanthropy you know hatred of mankind is bad for veganism there's an episode about uh, the backfire effect, you know, which is when you're trying to talk yes. to someone about veganism and instead they get even more firmly anti-vegan. So we talk, so we do an episode about that. Uh, and there's a couple of others, but honestly, those would probably be some of my favorites because I think they really are a good encapsulation of what I think that is that we do best on the podcast. So it's, it's hard to pick just one, but uh, definitely those would be some of them. I would definitely look up for that playlist because I joined the podcast. I have to say like lately when I started my own podcast, I started also to look for more podcasts to actually understand how people like you and, you know, other podcasters actually, you know, doing this and uh i definitely look at you and some other podcasts like you know like an example like a guide to follow and um so i definitely check those episodes out and yeah so thank you so much for sharing <laughs> i would definitely check them out yeah, of course and um so you know i'm a pre pretty new to this world you are like you're into this for way longer than me so what piece of advice would you give to a person who wants to start his or her podcast today? So I think that the first thing you should figure out is if you have the time, <laughs> the time to do that's it. That's a good one. That's uh, a good one. Because, you know, it's not just sitting it. Well, some people, it might be like this. But for us, even though it sounds like we're just sitting down and talking about something, we spend a lot of time researching or even just kind of figuring out what the topic should be. Um, so figure out how much time you have and then let that dictate if you could do a podcast at all, if it should be a weekly thing, a monthly thing, um, like setting some sort of consistent schedule. Um, and then once you've fi figured out how to fit the podcast into your life, I would say figure out what can you bring to the table that's interesting? Like, what is your perspective? Um, you know, there is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of shows that do interviews. And so it's like, okay, are you going to interview everybody? Or are you going to focus specifically on, you know, like there's the vegan business talk podcast and that's just vegan business owners. And sure. maybe you'll have a podcast that's just interviewing sanctuary people or something like that. Um, or decide, Hey, I don't want to do interviews. And I know a lot about you know, sci-fi and horror films. And I'm going to talk about sci-fi and horror films and how they relate to veganism, you know, that's but I would say totally figure cool. out something that's new and interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I would totally listen to that. You know, <laughs> that so it's like figure cool. out something that you can bring to the table that is new and interesting and pertains to your specific abilities. Like don't, don't say, oh, I love the bearded vegans. I want to just do beard vegans 2.0. Figure out something new because... I think that like for veganism to succeed, a part of that is everybody finding our own little audience and realizing I don't need to, me as Andy, I don't need to be able to relate to every single person and get every person in the world to go vegan. I need to find the people that relate specifically to me in my life experience and talk to them because I'm a credible messenger to them. So figuring out the way that you can be that for whatever part of life it is that you occupy 
you know, the vegan, you know, knitting club or something like that. Like, you know, figuring out how to make veganism work within your podcast for some kind of specific new angle, I think would be like the most important thing to do. And then from there, just, just you, the final piece of advice is you just have to do it because you will never be ready. You just have to start doing it and you'll figure it out from there. And your first episode probably won't be great. <laughs> most people's first episodes are not great. Uh, and you just sort of have to learn by doing it. I find podcast audiences are pretty forgiving of the fact that people are figuring it out in the beginning. So just just do it. Just go ahead and do it and you'll figure it out. It's all about finding our niche, like finding what you want to talk about and share your point of view. No, I totally understand what you're saying. And it's all about like, yeah, you know, like showing your personality, be true to the people you're talking to without any, you know, mask or stuff, but just being true to yourself and like yeah no i totally understand what you're saying i agree with you it makes sense to me and uh, so another big thing that could probably you know come up whenever you want to start a podcast is like you know equipment apps you know people can get like crazy or maybe like you know uh adobe audition is too expensive or a microphone like a high quality microphone is too expensive what do i do i mean you know, so talking about equipment and apps, is there like a particular microphone or a specific set of apps you would suggest to start your own podcast? Yeah, I mean, you know, if if you have no budget whatsoever, you can record your podcast into an iPhone um, or, you know, and obviously to have a smartphone of any kind, it's it conveys some sort of financial privilege, but I feel like, you know, a lot of people just have one already. Like you don't have to go buy an additional piece of thing to do it. So doing that plus like anchor, you know, is like a really good yes. introductory kind of platform for people that helps you get distribution and, and can even do ads and stuff, I believe. Um, but yes, for, yeah, yeah. I think that audio quality does matter a lot now that there are so many podcasts and people can really pick and choose figuring out good audio quality is important. So the way that Paul and I started out, the first couple episodes we did was with Paul's brother's equipment. And then beyond that, I hit the road. And so I had to record remotely. And so I happened to have a MacBook, which again, not not a cheap thing, but I had one for my business. And I just bought a, a, a microphone that plugs into the USB. So you don't need any additional equipment. Um, the Audio-Technica, I think it's like ATR, 2005, something like that. It's an $80 microphone. And, you know, you don't have to have amazing, fancy, you know, thousands of dollars of equipment to get pretty good sound. Um, and then I, I, because I am on the road, I've definitely broken enough microphones. And so I've gone through a bunch. I did the the <laughs> Snowball. I think I did the Yeti. I think that might be, do you have the Yeti? Is that where you're using there? Um, yeah, I do have the Yeti. You can see it. Yeah. Yeah. And so the Yeti is a great, like good uh, sort of all in one plug and play kind of thing. But for whatever reason, the Audio-Technica like handheld microphone with a little windscreen on it for 80 bucks um, worked great. And I just recorded it directly into GarageBand, which comes with the Mac. And there, uh, you know, I'm not super familiar with the audio uh, interface for like Windows or something, but I believe there are free ones you can get as well. But, I, you know, for starting out, going with an $80 microphone, if you can afford it into GarageBand, 
is, you know, works incredibly well. And, you know, thankfully due to the Patreon money, we have been able to upgrade to much more pro the sure SMB SM7B, which is kind of like the gold standard for, for podcasting mics. Um, but it took us probably four years to get to the point where we could afford those things. Um, so yeah, if you're starting out, find a USB microphone, Blue Yeti, Snowball, or the Audio-Technica, and then whatever recording you know is available to you. GarageBand is super easy to use. And even if you're not familiar with it, uh, you know you don't really need to do that much with the podcast. You need to be able to edit a little bit, fade in some music, fade out some music. But I'm constantly going to YouTube and looking up how to do XYZ, how to deal with whatever sound issue, how to slow down something, you know, whatever it is. Um, I'm constantly learning still even now how to do stuff. So um, yeah, of course. find your way around it and then look up Google whenever you have an issue and you'll find somebody that has dealt with your issue and can teach you how to do it for free. Yeah, of course. And like, as she said, like you can start with cheap microphone. To be honest, I haven't started with the Blue Yeti, which is, of, of course, compared to your microphone is considered a cheap one. But maybe for some people that are just starting, it's not so cheap. It's like, uh, I guess, 150 euros. It's of, of course, compared to Microsoft, to professional ones like yours, it's cheap. But anyway, I started as well with, um, with uh, it was like 30 euros. So it's pretty cheap. And then I did a few collabs on my main page on Instagram. And with those money, I got a microphone. So, you know, find your way, maybe work during summer, do the waiter, do something like that, get some money and then, you know, up, upgrade your equipment little by little. And maybe in four years, you'll get a nice, wonderful microphone like the one <laughs> the bearded vegans have. Like. Yeah. And, and honestly, like the Blue Yeti and the, the other ones I mentioned, I feel like sound quality wise, they get you 85 to 90 percent of the way there. Like the difference in quality between those and like the more expensive mics is like, I don't think really that noticeable to the average listener. And and so, you know, we we finally upgraded just because we we're like, we can afford to and let's do this. But I don't think anyone would complain if we never upgraded these microphones. It was just more for our own pride i guess than anything else so um yeah, yeah there's no shame in going with <laughs> yeah. a microphone that's under 100 bucks you can get amazing quality that way yeah no absolutely absolutely and like if you're saying so it even makes even more sense because you're a musician and like you know you know your stuff so you know what you're talking about so it definitely makes sense and yeah so it's definitely a great suggestion for people like so you know what project do you have for the future of the bearded vegans uh, so that's a good question. I mean, uh, I really want to start doing more um, investigative or, you know, uh, more comprehensive storytelling type okay. of work. And whether that's going to be something that ends up on the Beard Vegans platform, or maybe it's its own thing at some point. Uh, it's been something that I've been sort of kicking around in my head, but I don't really have anything official or solid to really announce right now. But sure. I think that that's something that I personally want to do. And as far as the podcast goes... You know, we're, we're just always trying to figure out ways to improve what we're doing and find new and interesting things to talk about within the world of veganism. So hopefully we can just keep forging ahead on that path as well. That would be interesting. And I absolutely wish you to be able to do that as soon as possible. And um, yeah, before we say goodbye, this is a 
stupid question. So, <laughs> so don't, don't expect too much about it. So what would happen if you ever decide to cut your beards? Like that would be a big problem, isn't it? Like, because you're the beard of Venus without beard, that would be like, what the heck? <laughs> So when we started, Paul's beard was much longer. Okay. Um, and mine, like, you know, I think if anyone saw us, they'd be like, your beards are not your defining feature. <laughs> but we, you know, we, we've, we get that question. And I think we've gotten to a point where uh, we were like, the beards do not define us. And in fact, over the course of the pandemic, I actually fully shaved my face just no for way. fun. I did... I did that twice, once down to a mustache, once completely shaved. I did it no for some way. Halloween costume stuff. Okay. Uh, and it was just like I hadn't I hadn't had a clean shaven face in I don't know how long, 15 plus years. <laughs> you and I just like did it. I was like, face. no one's gonna see me. Who cares? I'm wearing a mask anyway on public. So uh so yeah, so I think that you know, we don't like talk about beards on the show or anything like that. So the name just sort of was something that when we were coming up with the name, it was like, I don't know, we're both vegan and have beards, so let's do that. And that's just sort of <laughs> what it is. Um, but we say yes. the beards do not define us. You know, it, it's uh, yeah. the beard is a is a spirit rather than a physical manifestation. So okay, that that's a deep one. That's that's a deep one. Like you, you're going to philosophical thing like that. <laughs> that's that's good. Uh, Between but, Schopenhauer before Arthur Schopenhauer and now, what you're saying. Here, the podcast is taking a different path. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's great, man. So, but yeah, so, you know, the I, I think we both like how we look with beards. I can't imagine that it'll be anything that permanently leaves, but uh, we're already saying, hey, if we choose to shave, the name will remain the same. Okay. Okay. That's that's really reassuring now we know that. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. And Yeah. Thank you so much, man, for taking the time and, you know, for sharing such valuable information with us. It was an honor to have you here, brother. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. 